As the saying goes, in professional sport you are a long time retired. While some top players get to go out on their own terms, that's not always the case, with athletes just a serious injury away from having to contemplate an all-new career. So what is being done to help today's players prepare for tomorrow? Is it something they're talking about? We're joined in the studio by Hurricanes Professional Development Manager, Arden David Perro, and All Blacks loose forward, Adi Savia. Arden, you retired from playing just as Adi was breaking into professional rugby. What changes have you noticed? From my days playing until what I've seen now, players are coming in far more prepared than I ever was in terms of what they want to do. I think probably access and opportunity is probably more open now in terms of stuff that they could run their own personal brand uh, through social media, which we never could back in the day. So guys are definitely more prepared. I think the education from a younger level is there. So guys have access to PDMs and guys like myself early in their days. And so they're already putting plans to play, whether about education, business, career, culture, whatever they want to do, they're already making strong plans to get that done. So making my job a little bit easier, but just have to make sure that we you know, continue those relationships so we can get them to where they want to go. Adi, it's uh, been nearly 10 years since you've left school. You went straight into the New Zealand 7 squad and then the Lions and Hurricanes. When you're 17, 18 and you sign your first contract, is the idea of life after rugby even on your radar? To be honest, when I made it straight out of school, nah, post-40 wasn't, was probably the last thing um, that was on my mind. My initial thought was, I made it. (laughs) And um, to be honest, like when when you come out of college, get your first professional contract, or you, you know you become a pro, and my thoughts was just to enjoy it, um, live it up, um, because as a kid you grow up and that's all you wanted to be, um, and then it happened, and then um, yeah. And for me, being a small kid that have never been on a plane to be able to go travel to places like Paris and Las Vegas, I just thought it was <laughs> it, it would never end. Times change, obviously, when got a bit older and wiser. You, you kind of realise um, that footy's not there 24-7. When did that change happen in your mind? Those thoughts around what I wanted to do post-footy just happened naturally before I became a father. Back in those, I've got a creative mind and ideas go through my head non-stop, so I'm always thinking about doing things um, outside of footy, and I think that that was me since I was at a young age in college and I think I was doing it I was doing other stuff outside of footy but not knowing that I was that's that's professional development in itself um for me yeah I was having those thoughts before I even became a rugby player it was just who I was and Arden you um experienced life as a professional player and you're fortunate enough to juggle rugby with study uh, completing a BA and then some postgrad was that always a plan for you uh, no, <laughs> that was uh, my shortcut to uh, get out of work. When I was coming up, we had an academy, we had to choose work or study, but I was looking at all the guys that were working and they were tired because <laughs> we had to get up early, you know, 6am, so I was like, I ain't doing that. And I saw guys like Victor Vito and Jacob Ellison and I said, what are you guys doing? They said, oh, we're studying. And um, fortunately, there was a, a, a lady up there, Sarah Ngangau, who got me in the back door of university because I was 20 years old. So if you don't have any school qualifications... You can slip through the back door. And so, yeah, just randomly went up there and just met some really influential Pacifica people, actually, some some lecturers. And just because I was there and I was kind of obviously paid for NZ21s, they they saw me as a, some some sort of leader because I was trying to do both. But I was honestly, I was only up there to muck around <laughs> and uh, and just bide my time. And then, but one of the lecturers, uh, 
Teresia Tewa, who's passed away, she just said that she had seen so many rugby players come up here and, and just bide their time and then leave. Um, she said it would be really influential to our people if actually one of you guys just came up here and did really well or studied. And that really moved me in a way that um, like I've never had someone say that to me before. Um, and so I just really just nailed down, try to do both. And through injuries, like probably what Adi has said, is being able to do some stuff extra because I'm not necessarily required in the environment as much. And so I'm, my, my career was riddled with injuries, so was able to do that study. Um, and then I kind of knew the writing was in the wall my last year. I think it was Adi's first year in the Lions. Um, our, our old coach, Richard Watt, Adi, he called Adi, Adi, and I turned around and he says, nah, the other Adi. <laughs> so I, from that, because people in rugby circles called me Adi as well, and so from that point on I was like, man, it's time to get out of this game. <laughs> I'm not the real Adi, man, let the real Adi stand up. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just privileged that I had that opportunity and I think in this role I'm blessed to say that I've, I've done both and uh, I can speak into them the fact that, you know, I never had education as, as something that I could honestly say that I was good at, but I just made it work and it's worked for me and it's helped me get this role, but it's also just helped me change my life in other different ways. Are other players that you deal with, Arden, I assume there are some that are doing their studies at university. Do any of them have a business on the side? Do they have part-time jobs? Do they have sort of you know, creative outlets like that as well? We were talking about this previously. So one person's come up to me and said they want to own a McDonald's. How do I do that? And so I've just been trying to connect like through LinkedIn and our commercial manager, hey, who's 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 around that can speak into this uh, space? Uh, we've got guys who run landscaping businesses, who work on their family farms. It varies, and my role is just to make sure that these guys get any support they need for that. And most of them, are, I mean, they're, they're pretty well educated in that space, and if they can do a little course here or they can, that will help their business out, or they can, if I can link them up to someone that may, like, and I give them an edge or something in terms of business or whatever it is, or um, then I can do that as well. But also get guys who are study our students, and I'm fortunate we've got about four or five guys who finished their degrees in our environment. They just love learning, and so they're always looking for a, something to learn or some someone to bring in, some speaker to bring in they can hear. And I suppose it's just a really bespoke kind of role that whatever they need, I just have to try to provide as best as I can. As um, Vinny touched on, Adi, you've got a few things going for you. As a leader in the team, do players yeah. come to you for advice on business or, you know, career des- decisions? Um, a little bit. I love to. My, my big heart and passion is around our Pacifica uh, athletes that come through and, and just try and share my knowledge and my journey. Um, not all of it, but just little golden nuggets that, that may help them. And yeah, I have a few, but at the same time, you don't want to, it's up to like we can come 50, but then they have to come 50 as well. And um, part of it is just about dropping seeds. They may not listen now, but when they get older and wiser, it may hit them. They go, oh, that's what he was on about. I remember when I was young and I knew Victor, Victor Vito, who he was a man that like well, was real big on his professional development. And as a young fella, I was like, man, I want to learn off this guy. And I, I stuck around him, hung out, went for coffees and just got used to his chats around property investments. Even though I didn't understand, I remember sitting on the plane with him and he was explaining like property equity and all this. And I was like shaking my head, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't understand. But now that I'm older and I'm buying property, now I'm like, ah, oh, well, that's what Victor was t- talking mm. to me about. I start to understand. So I'm just pretty much doing what the older generation did for me and, and just trying to pass it down. But you do get a few athletes um, that come in and, and just ask and ask around different areas. So it's pretty special. 
um, and, and it's uh, it's awesome to be in that position. Is that easier for you now, being the captain of the Hurricanes, being a senior player in the All Blacks? Is it something that's been easy for you to develop in terms of that leadership role and you know mentoring other players, or is it something that you've had to learn? I think uh, for me, I've never had a problem of helping and learning to develop that skill. I think it's always been I've always been massive on relationships, um, and that looks like going out for coffee, having chats, and building that connection. I think the hardest bit being a leader in both the teams is that being creative and having variety and professional development can sometimes be seen as a bad thing because you're not focused on rugby too much. And obviously you see the stuff that me and Ani posted around our partnerships with with brands. Um, Obviously the Canes are losing, so a lot of people are blaming us focusing on that too much and not focusing on rugby. But... Um, so that's probably the challenging bit, mm. being the skip and being a leader and wanting to do a lot of variety and creative stuff is that how do you balance that and mm. deal with outside perceptions and noise. But um, that's a journey that I think will continue to be <laughs> forever journey. A lot of Pacifica <clears throat> players are often of the shy variety um, or they come from quite humble families and, and mm. don't necessarily want to project themselves in that way. So, you know, you kind of break that mould, as you say, but it's because... You're creative and, and, you know, you've got something to say. You know, you're passionate about things. Is there a way that you can change that perception in terms of pe- people that clearly have a lot to give and maybe should have that opportunity more than, than some others currently do? One of the things that in the PD programme is in some of the stuff that we've tried to do is essentially bring out the best person. So we've had um, like 10 Samoan lessons. Like the outcome is that they'll know the language a little bit better, a little bit about the culture, but like there's a deeper purpose behind it. It's around identity. And like from what I've seen is is these guys when hooked into culture, um, especially when we like I mean last year we had a little bit of a Manamoana week and we did a Sifasamoan. Some of the young guys that are like you said are your quiet, uh, shy guys were leading the calls for their mini team, and you just saw a different side of them. And I think that's because identity and culture is their warehouse. You know, they every day they go into an environment where it doesn't reflect them as much. It's it's rugby. It's all rugby. And so to have a little moment in time where they can share who they are mm. to the rugby world and to the people they deal with daily, um, not only just them but their player, other players in their team and the management, to share a bit of themselves like that, you could see the confidence in them. And so while, yeah, Samoan was the, you know, the outcome, I think an identity and being strong and being proud of being Samoan in the rugby context is important, you know, and so that they don't have to leave their culture at the door. And I think um, for us... Seeing them and just and just having fun with them and just sharing in our Samoanness and our Pacificness has been been really eye opening to see that relationship flourish with myself and them as well. So yeah. a kind of journey alongside them, not just put them in a program, but actually do it with them. You know, yeah. and that's a big part. I know for myself as being being a leader, it's kind of me giving them permission to be themselves. I know in the past, back in the day when I got into the rugby team, it was you come in, don't speak. And you earn my respect, which through action and by doing, which is good. I like that. But also on the flip side is it's creating a safe space, creating an environment and culture where um, individuals can come and just be themselves and not having to dim their light because this guy here, he believes in prepping for a game is this way. Um, so that's a massive thing where I'm just trying to shift. It's like a lot of the, a lot of the mahi is more off the field, eh? Mm, um, yeah. Like we're in the Hurricanes because we're great rugby players and we can grow in that space. But it's about, like Arden said, just affirming the guys and and getting to know who they are 
um, and having these Samoan classes, like for me, it's just sparked um, a, lot, a fire in me and hearing my brother speak about going, want to go back home to Samoa, learning the language. Like, it's like, hey, who is this guy? Because, you know, <laughs> he was always that guy that kind of didn't want to know about Samoan culture mm-hmm. or language. But now he's hard out into it, um, which is amazing to see. So, yeah, it's about creating that safe space and environment for the young guys just to to be themselves and, and flourish. That's awesome. As a receiver, even just watching, you know, you guys um, give your post-match speeches, everyone's loving it. Well, I, I think they are. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Mm. So it's really good stuff. Um, and to hear that you guys are creating that kind of environment, it's awesome. It's been awesome, man. Like, being able to learn my whatsa more, but learn how to introduction my my language when I do post-match speeches has been awesome. And having elders come up to me mm. and be like... Um, you got good Samoa, mate. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's all I know. If you ask me a sentence, I'll probably reply in English. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's been good. In terms of retirement or, or that next phase when you stop playing, uh, do you know what you would do tomorrow if this was it? I wouldn't know, but I'd probably dive into the things that I'm already doing. Um, and I, I think Arden touched on it before we had this was like not putting yourself in the box while in the game dip your toes on different areas that you love or areas that you want to try out and and just getting a feel for it. Um, I think that's the key if you stick yourself in a box, especially in this game and the access we have to people that want to talk to us as rugby players, but building that relationship and having all this access to people and sponsors and commercial partners, um, I think to maximise that and dip your toes in it.